Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and today we have a special episode. We're not necessarily previewing the weekend's racing or a festival, but we have a special guest that we are going to interview, trainer Jamie Snowden. We're going to talk to Jamie about his runners over the next week or so and look ahead to the Cheltenham Festival and the Grand National and Aintree too. Jamie, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. First and foremost, and most importantly, now, it's been a pretty tricky couple of months, pretty tricky year. Uh, how's everything your end? Hi, George. Well, um, thank you for having me on and um, delighted it's a special edition. I'm, I'm not <laughs> quite so sure what, what's so special about it, but uh, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be on the show. But listen, um, no, things, things are fine down here. Um, you know, thankfully, um, as we all know, in these kind of strange, strange and weird times that we live in, if um, if you're if you're able to work and able to get out, we're we're, we're very lucky. So um, no, thankfully everyone's fit and healthy, and uh, long may that continue. Yeah, it's disappointing for me that we're having to do this over Zoom because this time of year is normally when me and producer Liam travel around the country, going to trainers' yards, having a great time chatting about horses, ready for the for, you know the, the crux of the season. But sadly, you know we're not side by side. We're having to do this over over Skype. I mean, what what's it been like as a trainer? Um, during COVID? I mean, what's it been like at the yards? What precautions are you having to take? What's it like going to, to race days, going to race courses without fans? It must be, you know, very, very different. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose let's let's rewind the, the clock and go back to um, go back to that fateful day in, in March after the Channel Festival when, you know, really the rug was pulled from all of our all of our feet and, and uh, we were told there was going to be no racing, um, you know, as of as of tomorrow. And, um, you know that was a, a a weird time, and you know quite um, quite nerve wracking. We didn't quite know whether we could you know transport horses, how we could do it. It, it. it was all up in the air, and we were having well, we were in the process of having our best season to date, and, and we were on uh, forty six winners, and we had horses ready for you know ready to run in the Grand National, and everything was really flying for us. It was um, it was a wonderful wonderful season, and. You know, to go from to go from that to, to you know no racing tomorrow um, for the foreseeable future was was a, a a scary a scary moment. I think is probably fair to say. And um, anyway, thankfully everyone sort of came through it, and and uh, we we worked our way around this and and furloughed most of our staff. And um, thankfully, come July, we were we were back up and 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 going and jump racing was continuing and uh, or resuming, should I say? And and um, we slowly sort of got ourselves back to a position where we could um, operate fully, and, and and thankfully we we hit the ground, you know, um, nicely this time round, and and we've had a good few winners on the board and graded winners, and you know things are things are, are, are looking up, but um, it, it's certainly very strange not having owners in the yard, you know, the whole time and owners mm. in the races, but um, you know as I as I said earlier, we are just lucky that you know elite sport can continue and we're one of those lucky people that can can carry on well certainly that's the case for the time being i don't know if you've seen but there have been some rumors over the last week or so about the possibility of of there being a pause in racing that you know the bha have come out and said that racing continues this week and, and seem to want to quash those rumors very quickly are there any rumors circulating within the trainers ranks or any trainers whatsapp groups you're in where you're all talking about whether, whether or not it's all going to stop or as far as you know uh, does the show go on for the time being yeah, I mean that was obviously scary on Sunday evening when when all the sort of social media channels were were you know coming out with all these various rumours as you said. But um, I, I sit on the the National Trainers Committee and, and we had a, a Zoom call yesterday and 
And certainly the BHA have heard from, from DCMS that racing will continue and elite sports is set to continue. So um, thankfully, none of those rumours seem to uh, seem to have any any legs and, and um, you know, long, long may long may that continue. And let's keep going. Absolutely. Let's keep going. And we're going to go straight into this week's racing, this weekend's racing, I should say, um, where you've got a couple of interesting runners. We're going to start with Katili Briggs, who steps up to three miles again on Saturday at Warwick in what looks like a pretty handy race, if we're going to be honest. Looking at the betting now, Next Destination is the two to one favourite ahead of Happy Go Lucky at threes, Dicky Diver nine to two, Fiddler on the Roof five to one, if the cap fits five to one. I mean, there, there are some. So some kind of decent horses in there at the top end of the market. Um, but Katili Bridge goes in decent form, stepping back up and trip again. Um, do you go there hopeful and do you go there expecting, you know, this is, I think, the third time at this distance, the last two at Cheltenham, um, that the you know, the longer trip will suit? Yeah, certainly he's, um, I mean, he was a very good novice hurdler last year. Um, uh, again, let's let's go back a couple of seasons. He he, he came out of the the pointing field where he ran in a very good race, um, and and he actually beat Shiskin back in back mm. in his pointing. Um, uh, so he he came to us. He's obviously by fame and glory out of the sister to Bala Briggs, who obviously won the Grand National. So you know, stamina was always going to be his his sort of trump card, as it were. But um, last season we we ran him first time out in a bumper, um, and then he obviously progressed through through the. The novice hurdle ranks and won a couple of times and, and was third in a great grade two at, uh, at Cheltenham. Um, we ran him in the Albert Bartlett, uh, sorry, the um, yeah, the Albert Bartlett last year. And, and um, poor chap, he came back with colic that evening. Um, he really wasn't right straight after the race and, and he ended up being in hospital that night. And um, he had to undergo two colic surgeries, which um, certainly you know was was far from ideal and, and certainly he didn't give his running in the albert bartlett and and um no doubt that's that's the reason why uh we mm. gave him plenty of cover and um he came out this year obviously the plan was always to go novice chase and we dropped him back to two miles in a graduation chase at carlisle where he ran a, a lovely race finished second staying on all the way up the hill and then we we dropped him in the in the deep end in a in a grade two at um at Ascot. And he finished third in that. And again, he, he ran a, a, a cracking race. Obviously, Pip Dory, who won the Betfair hurdle, was in behind. And, you know, that was a, that was a very good race as well. So he's um, he's performing, been performing with, with plenty of credit. The step up to three miles on Saturday promises to, to, to suit him. Um, but naturally, as you said, it's a, it's a very, very hot race. And it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if Kiltilly Briggs, you know, ends up picking up all the experience this season and, and remains a novice for, for next season. Um, and uh, listen, I think he'll go and run a, a cracking race at Warwick and probably outrun his odds. But um, you know, he's obviously got to step forward if he is to go and win it. And and um, he might be one of those horses that ends up in a in a decent handicap off a, off a nice mark with plenty of experience under his belt and time. And presumably, if you know if he outruns your expectations and does spoil the party, then could the RSA be be a target if uh, if he really runs a big a big race? Yeah, I think um, I think end up have a, having a, a load of entries at, at the festival. Um, you know, I think the you know the Ultima will he'll have an entry in the Ultima as well and and um, yeah listen let let let's take it race race by race but um, you know certainly he is a he is a nice horse for the future. Another one entered uh, in a listed mare's bumper at Market Raisin is Rose O'Hara who had a very promising debut at Ludlow. Um, this looks again like a pretty hot contest but the entry suggests that you can probably expect more to come from her. I think so. Yeah, she 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 was fourth in a race uh, on her race course debut in a bumper at Ludlow. Um, 
the first three all raced very prominently and down the, down the inside it was quite a big runner of field and we were we were tapped out wide and towards the back of the field and um she's she's done very well from a, a very uncompromising position to, to to go and finish fourth staying on fourth all the way to the line um we've given her plenty of time to recover from that she's um she's a nice mare from a good family and um and she she promises to have a lot more to offer um obviously a step into listed company is a is a big step up in class at, at this stage of her career but um Obviously, she's she you know if she were to finish in the first three and pick up that little bit of black type, that'd be great because she's owned by um, owned by some people that will end up breeding from her in the future as well. So um, you know the, the black type is what we would be after. But um, I she's in she's in at Linkfield as well next week, so we'll we'll contemplate where we go. But um, certainly she's a another nice young horse that we've got in the team. We're recording this at quarter past three on Tuesday. So you've got a few more runners in the week as well. One at Plumpton, a couple at Banger and one at Sedgefield. Just to treat the listeners, any, anyone that people should just be having a look at in the morning of the race or are we going to move straight on to the festival? <laughs> uh, I, I, we, we run a horse called Tallow for Cole tomorrow down at Plumpton. And um, I, I like this chap, actually. He's, he's a nice horse. He, 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 he won a point to points. Um, he won a four-year-old point to point over in Ireland in, in, in February last year. And um, he absolutely bolted up. He's by Arctic Cosmos and uh, he wouldn't be a, the most fashionable side. So we picked him up, you know, for, for a decent value, I think. Um, and he was second at Utah the first time out over hurdles for us. Um, I think he should step forward from that run. And he goes down to Plumpton. Um, he's got to take on a, a horse of Gary Moore's that was rated 94 on the flat, which... Um, if that transfers its flexibility to hurdles, then he, he's probably going to take all the beating. But um, you don't see that many Galileos um, going straight out over jumps over two and a half miles. So I think he's worth taking on and he might be a bit of value. There you go. So that's Tallow for Cole in the one o'clock at Plumpton tomorrow for those who've been straight onto this quick as a flash on Tuesday evening. Um, we'll move on now to the Cheltenham Festival. Um, you know, this is mid-January. I think I can already feel in the few WhatsApp groups that I'm on, people starting to talk about their Cheltenham bets. People started to talk about their fancies. The odds checker grids getting more and more popular around the festival. And we are talking here in this special to a festival winner, Present View, of course, won the Novices Handicap Chase uh, a few years ago. So no one better place to tell us what it means to a trainer. Um, just talk us through, you know, firstly, I always personally think, you know, when you're talking to a trainer who's won a handicap at Cheltenham, that's far more impressive than winning any, any other race because, firstly, you've got to get there. You've got to get there in good form. And then you've got so many other horses who've been plotted to get there too. So just tell us a story about, about that great day um, with, with Present View winning. Um, well, it's very kind of you to say that winning, winning a handicap is, uh, is better than winning a, <laughs> a, 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 a But um, listen, I... Any race at the festival is very, very hard to win, isn't it? Um, you know, obviously, I was I was lucky enough to work for both Paul Nichols and Nicky Henderson in, in the past, and you know, for for them to be churning out festival winners year in year out is is phenomenal, really, because every every race at the festival is is very hard to win, and um, we I think we were like I think Present View running at the festival was our third ever runner in the race at the at the meeting, so I say. Um, so for him to go win. I sort of thought life was life was easy then, and um, I've realised that actually it's uh, <laughs> it, it is quite good. Um, no, he um, he was a lovely horse. He he arrived um, to us. He he was a bit of a jigsaw. Took a bit of working out, and um, he he 
he's sort of ended up quite well handicapped over hurdles. He didn't win a novice hurdle, and he ended up being quite quite well handicapped. And and we when we sent him chasing, it it proved the making of him. And obviously he he progressed to to go and win it at the festival on the, on the first day there. Um, he he won a race at Kempton. Um, it's interesting how uh, at the end of February, how many horses win at the, win at that meeting at Kempton and come out and win at the festival. So obviously Kempton sharp right handed and and Cheltenham's mm. left handed and undulating but it's amazing how many horses come out of that Kempton meeting and go on and do well at Cheltenham and he was he was one of those we needed to go and win to get his mark up to get into the race and so I told Brendan Powell who's riding make sure you you win by 10 lengths he won by I think it was 12 or 13 lengths and the handicapper <laughs> put, put us out of it but um thankfully I had a chat with the handicapper and he managed to <laughs> was 11 pounds as opposed to 12 and we ended up winning the festival by by half a length so that that phone call to the handicapper to drop us one pound was uh, was well worth. But that's what I mean. That's why I say it's more impressive. You know, you're not if you're blessed by winning a champion chase or a champion hurdle. You know, you can blame it. You can say it's the horse. If you're winning a, a handicap at the festival by half length, having made a call to the handicapper, then I think all credit goes to you for for that. I reckon when most people have a flutter, they use the same old bookies every time. But how do you know if you're getting good odds? Odds checker. That's how. At Odds Checker, you can compare the odds from major bookmakers, get tips from the experts, and place your bets all in one place. Whether it's your Saturday hacker or a first goal scorer hunch, choose our best odds and get brilliant returns. Odds Checker, your one stop betting hub. Download the app now. Um, and what about the buzz? The buzz on the day? I mean, watching the race, uh, I watched it back this afternoon for my research and you know you had the challenger up the, up the rail there was a steward's inquiry to try to get past but you managed to just squeeze in front and uh and then so i mean what's it like watching your horse coming up the hill in front and then the aftermath as well you don't have to go into details about the celebrations but just uh but just in short you know i think it's very hard to put it into um into words the the, the only way that i can really describe it and the best way of describing it is that um Great British Racing, who was you know obviously the PR side of racing there at the time, they um, they put a heart monitor um, on on me for for the race, and um, your your maximum heart rate should be 220 less your age. So I think mine should have been a I don't know what it was 185 or whatever it was at the time. Um, so my maximum should have been about 185. <laughs> it, as presently you crossed the line, it was 193. Wow. <laughs> So my, <laughs> um, that puts it into perspective, really, doesn't it? It was, um, it was a phenomenal feeling and, and something that words cannot describe. It, it, was, it was a real thrill, you know, ever since growing, you know, growing up watching Desert Orchid and Remittance Man and those horses, you know, running around Cheltenham. All, all you'd ever dreamed of was, was, was riding at the festival, winning at the festival, training at the festival and training a winner at the festival. And, and and as I say, to do it with our third ever runner at the festival was was just incredible. And um, yeah, something we we want to try and replicate fairly soon if we can. Fingers crossed 2021 is the year. And let's get into that now. Um, two horses currently holding entries. Of course, there will be more at the time. But we'll start with Gar Law, who won three races on the spin by a combined 27 lengths earlier in the year. Then finished 10 lengths behind All Mankind, which of course is... You know, n- no bad form whatsoever. Uh, that was at Sandown at the beginning of December <clears throat> when dropped back to two miles. Uh, currently, Garlaw owns, uh, sorry, retains entries for the Marsh 
the RSA and the Arkle. Um, with you know, I'll, I'll let you tell us what the plan is at the moment between now and and the festival. So, um, as you rightly said, he um, he was obviously a, a you know a very good novice chaser through the early part of this year. It, it obviously helped that he was a four year old and had a had a nice four year old wait wait for age allowance, and um, and we certainly utilised that in the early part of the year. He won a won a novice at Fontwell. He won a handicap down at Exeter, and then he won the the Grade Two Rising Stars at Wincanton. I thought that race at Wincanton was a was a mighty performance because Hurricane Harvey, who was some twenty odd lengths back in second, ended up winning a a Grade Two up at Doncaster for three miles on his next start. So he that was a a, a mighty performance, and we then dropped back to two miles in in the Henry VIII. And I was chased down at Sandown. We did that because we wanted to step him up into Grade One company. And that was the obvious race to go for, stiff finish, um, softer ground. And, and I, I think it was the right thing to do. He's run a, a mighty race to go and finish third. But he looked, he did not have the pace to go and, to go and um, challenge all mankind. All mankind down over the railway fences was, was very quick. And, mm. and um, it, it, it proved to me that two miles is, is not the thing to be, um, is not the route to be progressing with him. He does need to go back up to two and a half. Um, I think one day he'll even want three miles as well. So uh, as far as the festival is concerned, we, we probably want to be looking at, at the marsh or the RSA. Um, the marsh being the realistic option, really. I think I think on his next start, he's had a bit of a break since Sandown. It had, um, you know, it had four runs through the early part of the season. So I wanted to give him a, a, a little bit of a midwinter break and and uh, so he's just been out in the field for three weeks through the latter part of December and, and, and we've just got him back in now. Um, he's done very well for that little break. But the plan is to go to Kempton for the Pendle Novice Chase, the grade two um, there at the end of Feb. And as I say, that, that, that meeting does um, tend to produce plenty of festival winners. So a lot will depend on, on how we go in the Pendle as to, as to where we go at the festival. But um, and also whether the Irish horses are allowed to come over. Mm. Um, the race I would really, I could really see him doing very well in is is the uh, is the Grade One up at up at Inchry at the the the, the um, uh, up at the Inchry Festival. So I suppose a lot will depend on on Kempton and also whether the Irish can come over as to which race we go for at the festival or whether we think about Inchry afterwards. So um, yeah, a lot a lot to be decided still. It's it's not a great time to have a talented um, novice chaser because you look at the marsh and you've got Envoy Allen at the top of the market. You look at the RSA, you've got Monkfish, and then you look at the Arkle, and there's Shishkin sitting there. So there's no really easy option. I mean, when you're considering when you've got a, a, a horse like Galore, where feasibly you know you could run him in, in any of the three over all three distances, how much are you looking at though to take on, or is it a case you know you've just got to do what's best for the horse? I think we've got to do what's best for the horse ultimately, and. Um... I, I I think that although we'll put the entry into the arc or I, I can't see him dropping back to two miles, um, but I, it would be foolish not to have that entry in there. Um, certainly two and a half or three looks to be the route to go with him. Um, I suppose a lot would depend on on Kempton, as I say, and and, and listen, if Envoy Allen can't, can't come over <laughs> from, uh, from Ireland, then, uh, you know, obviously the last comes into consideration, but... Um, that all depends on COVID and Brexit, I think, doesn't it? Absolutely. It does, like most things at the moment, sadly. Um, we'll move on now to Anything for Love, who's the other 
uh, horse who had, who retains an entry at the moment for the festival for the Mayor's Novice. Uh, she uh, has won two races back in December in fine style at Lingfield and at Catterick. Um, she looks like an exciting one. And, you know, a lot of people don't seem to be particularly enamoured by the Mayor's Novice, but for horses like anything for love, it's uh, it's, it's absolutely ideal. Yeah, so she's a sister to um, Sizing John, who mm. obviously won, 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 the, won the Gold Cup several years ago. So um, she's a she's a very nicely bred individual by Black Sam Bellamy. She was unbeaten in two bumpers last season. Um, we were obviously thinking about the the entry bumper with her, um, but obviously the, the that that um, well, obviously you know racing stopped um, before the entry festival last year. So um, she was unbeaten in bumpers. She came out this year, first time I ever heard her. She had a bit of a uh, an unlucky time of it, really, because the the pin in Gavin Sheehan's stirrup um, came, came out at, before he'd even jumped the first. So Paul Gavin sort of jumped around Utopsky without mm. the stirrups, and the mayor finished fourth. Um, listen, it was a, a nice sort of school in public, as it were, because um, Gavin had no chance of, of 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 winning the race, really. But um, she came out and then won, put 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 things straight, and won at Lingfield, and went up to Catrick and won with the penalty. Um, she should really be unbeaten um, if, if you take into account that. So uh, she's she's a talented mare. Um, she's progressing. She's improving. She will she will improve for for a step up and trip as well. I think we're going to go to um, I think we're going to go to the Grade Two Jane Seymour at Sandown with her in February. Um, I've just put her in the two and a half um, mares race at the festival. She'll be in the two mile novice at the festival as well. Um, Depending on how we go in the Jane Seymour at Sandown, will determine whether whether she goes to Cheltenham. She will want softer ground. That's the one thing she she does relish softer ground. So, um, if we have a dry spring, then she won't be she won't be going to uh, to entry our winter talk. So, uh, yeah, let's let's hope she can go and run well in the Jane Seymour and then on to Cheltenham. And plenty others as well, um, who I'm sure will you have an eye on for the festival. Chapman's Height being one, Pisgah Pike being another. What what are the aims with those two? So Chapman's type, um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a winning machine, really. He's, uh, he's <laughs> four, his, four from five, wasn't it? Four, yeah, four, 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 I, I think in total in his life, what is he? Seven from fourteen or something like that. Seven yeah. from twelve. Um, he, he knows how to win races, and uh, his um, his run at Kelso under top weight was very impressive in a class two um, at the back end of the summer. He does want he does want fast ground, so um, certainly he, he he won't be going to the to Cheltenham if, it, if it's soft but um uh entry might might be more his bag really but obviously it depends on the weather um he, his performance at Kelso was very impressive because he 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 broke the track record up there carrying top weight and what what is very impressive about that is on the on the back of the resumption of racing is that is that that the jockeys haven't been using saunas and something that many of your listeners might not know is that every jockey is carrying two pounds more than his allotted weight on the back of jockeys not having saunas. So not only was he carrying top weight, but he was carrying two pounds more than any other horse would have done over, wow. over that distance in the past. So I think that was a, a mighty performance. But yeah, he does want fast ground. And uh, and Pisgah Pike? Pisgah Pike, um, again, he he's a... He, he's he's benefited hugely from a from a wind operation in the summer, um, and he was unlucky not to win that listed race at, at Market Raisin, um, that listed first time in a handicap. But um, he rectified that and went and won nicely on his on his next start, and um, 
didn't have a huge amount of luck and, luck and running in the Jarrah Fielding. Um, I would have thought a nice race, something like the, 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 the Scottish champion hurdle would probably be for him. Um, or the, the, the race after the Grand National, the two-mile two handicap at, at entry, um, something along those kind of lines. So um, certainly I would have thought there's a nice handicap in him before he goes, before he goes novice chasing through, through the summer. And we've spoken about the handicaps at Cheltenham. Any that you're kind of steering in that direction? Um, well, obviously we've got um, we've got Stony Mountain who who was um, uh, he classed himself quite badly on his first first start for us at, at Ludlow. Um, that was a bit disappointing. Poor chap, he, he was off games for for a month after that. But he's back back in work again now. Um, we might see if we can qualify him for the attempts. Um, and then we've got horses like Monbeg Theatre that might rock up in a, in a handicap at, at Cheltenham um, as well. He's um, he, he won. He was a very good, very good hurdler. He was on, on the fringe of being a graded, graded um, staying hurdler in his in his younger days. He's jumping fences a lot better now, so he, he might turn up in a handicap somewhere. He's just had his wind done and had a bit of a midwinter break as well. Um, we've got Kiltilly Briggs that, that that might might end up in a handicap as well. Kiss will do nicely. I think he's a, a nicely handicapped horse. He, he's on the back of coming back from a leg injury, um, so I think he he's one that could could run in a handicap somewhere as well. So. Um, there's 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 a few that Thomas McDonough, um, he he won last time out. He might end up in the in the National Hunt four mile chase as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few that that might end up. Um, as you say, it's early days, but there's a mm. few that are heading that way. The Bannocking Rebels, another one. He 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 won. He's had a funny season so far. The Bannocking Rebel. Well, because uh, wasn't he the first time was uh, the the two the two runner race with the four at the first, wasn't it? Was that? That was his, yeah, he won his novice chase. That was, yeah. a, that was a 40 grand bonus race and he's the only horse to run. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you feeling? When you saw it was just one, I mean, how, what was the trip? It was, um, it uh, was. That was two miles, yeah. If over two miles, when you know, you know, all you've got to do is get round to get the, to get the bonus. It must, it's all pretty almost more, more nerve wracking than watching a, than watching a normal race. Yeah, it was weird. So, <laughs> He tapped me on the shoulder and said, "And said, well done." I'll, uh, uh, as 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 he jumped the second, I was like, "God, we've got another twelve fences." <laughs> and he did rub one down the far side. I don't know if you remember. He yeah, did yeah. Rub it. It pecked out on his head a little bit, but um, yeah, no, that was it was pretty nerve-wracking. But he went back to back to Plumpton next time out for another bonus race. I was, I was thinking if he can win two bonus races and win at the festival, does he does he double his bonus? But I don't think it works that way. <laughs> <laughs> Poor chappy fellow. Well, yeah, talking about um, about races where, where you're a bit, a bit nervous watching them go around. And you, you've mentioned the Entry Festival a few times, but before we let you go, we're just going to ask about the Grand National because I, I have a feeling the, anticipa the anticipation, um, you know, assuming everything's okay uh, for Entry in April, the anticipation around the Grand National, given it'll be the first one in two years, will be even more um, than usual, even more than normal. And fingers crossed there are at least some fans on the race course by mid-April. Uh have you got any any that you're planning to send there for that for that race? Um, yeah, well, Hogan's Heights. I should have mentioned he's he's one that probably get turn up in the cross country race at the festival, um, and he yeah he's very much on target for the for the Grand National. He he won over the Grand over the National Fences in the Grand Sefton last December. Looked mightily impressive that day, and and he was he was heading for for the Grand National last season when obviously that that never took place. Um, so this season we've 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 we started out and and we're working back from the national really. He's got to qualify for for it again by running over fences 
um, uh, by the by the end of March. And so he's going to his his race over fences before the end of March is going to be the the, the cross country race at the festival. We figured if it worked for Tiger Roll, it can work for Hayden's Heights. He had a school round there um, uh, just in December, just gone, and absolutely loved it. Um, so hopefully he can he can uh, go to Cheltenham and then springboard onto onto the Grand National. Hogan's height fifty to one currently for the Grand National. Be I have a feeling this will get a few more views and a few more listens if uh, if we get one of those festival winners up and then Hogan height wins the Grand National. How about that for twenty twenty one? Jamie, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. We really appreciate it and uh, wish you all the best of luck with all the runners that you mentioned here today and for the rest of the season. That's very kind. Thanks, George. If you enjoyed this, please do subscribe to the Odds Checker podcast on all podcast platforms and subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel as well. Loads of racing previews coming up over the next few weeks in the lead up to Cheltenham and plenty else up there as well across all sports. Loads of betting content and do also download the Odds Checker app for the best prices. Bookie offers free bets and the very best tipsters indeed. So a few bits and bobs to do there. We'll be back very, very soon with racing previews and interviews.